Got down cross town, living like a rock star. Spend a lot of money on my brand new guitar. Baby's gotta have it, diamond rings and Fendi sports bras. Riding down Rodeo in my Maserati sports Hello, my car. dreamers, and welcome to my little corner. Hi guys, so I could not find anyone to be on this week's podcast. I had asked a few people, but nobody got back to me, so here we are. But I am going to tell you guys just who I am and give you a glimpse into the person I am. So, hi, I'm Rye. I'm 20 years old. I like to write and I am a fangirl all the way. But that's not all there is to me. I have NLD, which is nonverbal learning disorder. I have anxiety, depression, PTSD, bipolar, and ADHD. I have four moms, two brothers, and four sisters. I am not the youngest, but I am not the oldest either. And like I said, I'm 20. My oldest sister is 33, and my younger sister is 18. Now, my older brother is 21, and my younger brother is 8. You may have guessed at this point that I was adopted. As I said before, I have four moms. Yes, four. (laughs) I have two adoptive mothers, Jill and Deb. They took me in when I was nine months old. At this point, they were just my foster parents. But, you know, young kids about that age are the most likely to get adopted, according to my friend who had been adopted um, as a teen. I was lucky I only had one foster home, and they are now my forever home. Well, my forever family. Two of my sisters are biological. My younger sister, Shannon, and my older sister, Renee, who is 23 years old. I was lucky to be adopted with them. Right after I turned one year old, uh, Renee came to live with us. So I was with my older sister, which is really lucky. My moms ended up splitting up when I was about two years old before my younger sister was born. She was an April baby born in 2002 while I'm an October baby born in 2000. So we were still in the system in custody of a split gay couple. Soon my sister was born and my parents got her immediately. So now there were three of us. And when I was about four or five, my parents adopted us. All three of us. Both Deb and Jill said that they were the first split couple to adopt in Vermont, let alone the first gay couple, so my family made history. In 2003, when I was three, my mom, Deb, had started dating a woman named Patty. She had two kids of her own, Allie and Jake. Allie is not the oldest, but she's the second oldest. I can never remember how old she is, which makes me seem like a really bad sister, but... I just have terrible memory. And Jake. Jake, he is the 21-year-old. Um, but yeah, Deb had a biological daughter named Jamie. Um, and she is the oldest. That got me up to five siblings. So yes, I had four sisters and a brother. Crazy, I know. Then in 2008, Jill started dating my other stepmom, but I tend to just call her mom now. (laughs) According to them, I'm the reason Brie moved in with us. She had stayed over a lot and she left for a week or so. 
when she came back, I guess I said, welcome home, Brizo. And to that, my mom said, yeah, welcome home. Well, that turned into a much longer relationship and a marriage that is still going strong. Um, I think they've been married for nine years now. Wow. Okay. Yeah, like nine years. Um, so in 2012, Jill and Bree adopted my little brother, Tyler, and that little ball of love has completed our family. He's amazing. I'm, I love this kid so much. He's the sweetest kid you will ever meet. He is empathetic. He's sympathetic and he doesn't, he knows how to show his emotions, which is really, really good for a kid his age. So this next part is kind of heavy. Actually, no, it's really heavy. It has to do with abuse and such. So yeah, if you're kind of wary about that and like, I don't think I want to hear about the abuse of a nine month old and a three-year-old, I would just stop listening or move ahead. But here we go. After I do something. Okay, sorry. So we're going to take a trip back to nine-month-old me, and I guess before, but nine months is the age that I hear most about from my parents. So when I was about Nine months old, I was in a hotel room with Renee, who was about four at the time. It was her and our birth mom's boyfriend. I don't really know if our birth mom was there. Anyway, our birth mom's boyfriend was abusive. He was hitting us and hurting us. He threw Renee into the wall and he just hit me. I vaguely remember, though not too well due to the fact that I was so young. I ended up in the hospital. I again very vaguely remember being on Deb's chest. It ha- Her heartbeat has been my favorite sound like in the whole world ever since that first meeting. Anyway, my sister and I were taken from our birth mom. My birth father was out of the picture. I only know his name, but that's it. And no, I'm not going to tell you guys his name because, yeah. Um... Then no one knows who Renee's dad is, but we are by blood half-sisters. They did do a DNA test between, or a paternity test with my birth father for her, but that was, he turned out to not be her dad. So I went to Deb and Jill and Renee went to our biological grandmother's where she gained a bond with our biological uncle. We did, however, have visitations with our birth mother. Not fun. Anyway, this woman was not my mother. She was just a stranger. Deb and Jill were my moms, not this woman. She ended up getting pregnant with Shannon while we still had visitations, so I was kind of screwed. I gained a not-so-healthy fear of pregnant women through this. I had bad feelings towards this woman. I was afraid to be near her, and then she got pregnant, and that just added to it. But yeah, my sisters and I were adopted due to the abuse that we had gone through. So this is going to be me talking about how it's affected me a little bit. 
And I'm so sorry for the background noise. My iguana is going nuts. Um, the abuse and such has caused me a lot of psychological issues. I have PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, anxiety, depression. I'm afraid of pregnant women. I get nervous around grown men. I stress over every little thing. It's just affected me a lot. Though I'm not sure this is if this is connected, I have NLD as well. NLD is a learning disorder in which you are very good in the verbal aspect of things, but your bad spots are visual, spatial, motor, and social skills. Use sarcastic voice here. Um, this is why I have no friends. <laughs> uh, if you want to look more into what NLD is, I will let you do that on your own. I won't go into too much description but yeah alongside that for the longest time I wasn't able to let out my anger and fear in the right way my brain was kind of playing catch-up it will always be playing catch-up but I will get into that more later on so this again is a heavy subject it I am going to be talking about self-harm um so if you're not good with this. So if you're uncomfortable with the talk of self-harm and depression, I would advise that you either skip ahead or just stop listening. So yeah. When I was in eighth grade, I was in a really bad space. I was thinking a lot about my birth parents. I had just read the first letter from my birth mom and I was trying to convince my mom, Deb, that I was old enough to meet her and that I was in a good place. Let's just say she she believed it. Um, I met my birth mom and everything was great. I met my birth uncle and aunt and my uncle's son and stepdaughter and I met my birth mom's husband. My mom's Deb and Patty were there along with my sister Renee. Um, and yeah, I met with my birth mom and her husband twice more and once with just my birth mom on my 15th birthday. I went and hung out with her. We ate lunch at the 99 restaurant. She gave me a card and I really thought everything would turn out okay. I told people that I was cutting and stopped. I went bowling with Renee, our birth mom and her husband, and Deb bought us all pizza. We played the games in the arcade. We won so many things. It was a lot of fun. I had fun that night. When Deb picked us up that night, as I was saying goodbye, I called our birth mom mom just over my shoulder I just called bye mom and then we went home the last time I saw my birth mom and her husband was at the mall it was around valentine's day they bought me this big pink stuffed dog which I named Rosie and I do still have her she's just chilling on my bed um but yeah I I just can't seem to give it up it's this giant stuffed animal that I just cuddled with at night to help me sleep um but yeah they got Shannon a baby doll because she lo she's just really into like reborns and baby dolls and yeah. Uh, we then, or they also got us um, bags of Hershey Kisses. Like we each got our own huge bag of Hershey's Kisses. But yeah, we went to a sweet shop and got candy and got sodas. And it was honestly just a lot of fun. And... Like, I just really enjoyed my time with her. I thought I could trust her. I thought she was different. You know, I, I just thought she had changed. 
And when my mom picked me up, I said, bye, mom. Hey, I had fun. See you again without the knowledge that I would not. No, she did not die. Just throwing that out there. She, she's alive. Um, a few weeks, a few weeks later, Deb and I were in the hot tub. Well, and Renee, Renee was there and we were in there because Deb had to talk to Renee and I alone and not in front of Shannon. Um, she told us that while she was at work, she's a probation officer she heard from the office next to hers that our birth mom was trying to set up uh, Shannon a visit with her birth father, who happens to be the guy who abused Renee and I and almost killed us. <laughs> well, me. Um, and seeing as I really felt connected to our birth mom, I was hurt, like really hurt. I think that at times I still am. Anyway, my mom, Deb, said she wanted to... Shannon's birth dad and honestly same I I would love to do some stuff to him but I won't because I am a mature adult (laughs) and will not be doing that but yeah so I got out of the hot tub if you don't like hearing about self-harm this is your last chance to like skedaddle um fast forward but yeah I went to my room and I grabbed an a razor like a a new razor like one that you shave with, you know, and I just took a blade from it. I had changed into PJs and I self-harmed. I cut. I was really pissed. I was hurt, angry, sad. Our birth mom had promised that she would never go back to him or choose him over her own kids. In all honesty, I should have known better than to trust someone who is mentally a five-year-old, but I didn't. I put my trust into her. Mainly because I try to see the best in people. It just didn't work in my favor. So, I did kind of break down. I repeated I hate you, but I ended up cutting again. And in the end, I told a teacher who I really trusted. She ended up telling the guidance counselor and she ended up calling my mom. I told her why I had done it. Let's just say I went home, cuddled with Deb, and did a lot of crying. Then in 2017, Shannon started asking about her birth father. I freaked the fuck out. I yelled at her, lost my cool. I don't want her knowing shit about the man who abused and almost killed me. I don't want her to. I didn't want her to. She was told by Jill and Deb to not talk to me about it because I clearly have incredibly strong feelings about this subject. But what my parents don't know is that I ended up cutting because of that whole ordeal she made at school about him. Then at some point this month, well, this month, two years, three years ago now. So January of 2018, I cut again when my stepmom was taken to the hospital via ambulance due to ripping her stitches from a surgery before the 25th of December. It was very scary and I knew I had, I knew ahead of time that she was going by ambulance. But when you see that emergency vehicle in your driveway... It's terrifying. You can't freak out. You have to keep it together, but it's really, really scary. But I cut out of being worried and to take my mind off of what had happened. And cutting is an addiction, just like cigarettes or any drugs or alcohol. And it's not fun to do something that you know is bad for you, but you do it because it feels like you need it. And we're done talking about self-harm now. So there, yeah, we're done talking about that a little bit. But we are still on 
heavy subjects. So this is really hard for me to talk about to this day. Um, but yeah, I can't like, it's a lot and I'm going to be real with you. I'm not going to make it sound like I wasn't in the wrong because I was. I was in the wrong. I know I was. So, yeah, just, yeah. I used to go back and forth between Jill and Deb's houses ever since I can remember. It was just a fact of life. So, I touched base on the fact that I used to struggle with letting my anger out in in appropriate ways. And when I was angry, really sad, or scared, it was like I would reverse into a little kid again. I was like a four-year-old throwing a tantrum. It was how my brain worked due to PTSD. I have gotten much better with how to control my anger and my emotions. I don't have these, like, outbursts anymore. So, yeah. It took a lot of work, but... Yeah. Now, Deb was the parent I went to for everything. I wanted something, I went to her. And I also felt more comfortable with her, which meant I blew up more there at her house than with Jill. And my brother, who is only Jill and Breeze, was there. And he's the only person I have a true connection with making it. So I reserve myself around him more. Like, I keep things in to make sure he's okay. So to try to explain my blow-ups, when you take a bucket and you fill it with water and it's full to the brim, it takes a drop, the tiniest drop of water to make it overflow and spill down the sides. That's how it is with my blow-ups. Well, was. Um, So in January of 2017, I was stressing. I wasn't in a good mood. I just wanted to be done with the day. My bucket was full to the brim and Deb said, go get on the treadmill. I got on the treadmill. I walked at about two miles per hour. Deb came in and told me to change my shoes. I did. I walked at two miles per hour again. She came in and told me to walk faster and change the settings on the treadmill. I started being a mouthy ass teenager. She got mad and made me go faster. I stopped listening to her. I was being a total bitch. (laughs) I wasn't being compliant, so Deb made me vacuum and sweep. I refused. Just flat out refused. Um, Deb made me go inside. She locked the door, or outside. She locked the doors, threatening to call the cops or Jill and Bree. I screamed and banged on the door, and finally Deb let me back in. I refused to apologize and to do the chores that she had asked me to do before, So she and Patty sent me to my room, and both my sisters were there, Renee and Shannon. I continued to be non-compliant and to be oppositional, and I pushed them to the point where they took literally all of my things, leaving only a couple blankets and pillows. I was in tears. (laughs) Deb and Patty were in tears. Looking back, it's really sad, and I would change everything if I could. Like, I hated that. It, It was so hard on me. My emotional support iguana has decided to just be like, I'm here for you. <laughs> um, so I was not allowed downstairs at all that afternoon or night. I was only allowed to leave my room to go to the bathroom and that was it. 
Patty and Deb made Shannon bring me my dinner, which I can still remember what it was. For dinner, I had a veggie burger on two slices of wheat bread, slathered in ketchup, and an apple and a bottle of water. I wasn't even allowed to bring my dish down that night. Shannon brought my dish down, and then she came back into my room and sat on my bed trying to make me feel better. Or at least that's how I remember it. I remember her telling me, I don't think mommy and Patty... So, Deb was mommy, Joe was mama. But, yeah. I don't think mommy and Patty are keeping me anymore. Shannon broke down saying that she didn't want me to leave. It was probably the sweetest thing she's ever said to me. It was just a really sad day. The next day, which was a Sunday, I was called downstairs. Jill and Brie were there, sitting with Deb and Patty, and they had found my notebook that I was using to journal. I had written some pretty nasty things in there about not just Deb, but about teachers as well. Most were an in-the-moment kind of thing. I won't say what I said because I can't remember and it was really bad. <laughs> anyway, uh, Deb said, we can't have you live here. Go get all your clothes. So I packed. And once again, I had started cutting and I was just really, 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 really depressed. I'm getting emotional just talking about this. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's the end of that. So fast forward to January 2020, I am in a better place. Uh, yes, I'm still depressed easily, but um, I'm not cutting as much. Or well, yeah, uh, I used I use writing and singing and reading and much more to help me when I feel really upset. Um, I try my best to work on everything. I'm in therapy. Um, but yeah. So just let's talk about something a little happier for a minute. I'm obsessed with In the Heights, Hamilton, Mandy, Gonzalez, and writing fan fiction. Writing just helps me a lot, as does Mandy's album, Fearless. Um, if you haven't listened to that, you should. It's an amazing album. Actually, I would like to shout out Mandy. Fearless inspired me to share my story. Um, I literally had all of this written down from January of 2018. And I'm just reading it again. Um, but she's really inspirational and really probably my biggest inspiration in life. She created the hashtag Fearless Squad in 2017, I believe. And everyone who was part of that is so tightly knitted, or they were. The, the community has kind of fallen apart, at least how I see it. But, like, I've made my best friend through that. And, yeah. So, enough about... That's pretty much who I am. That is me. That is who I am. But there's still a little more. So, I am a huge animal person. Huge, huge, huge animal person. And I... When I want something, before I get a pet, I do so much research. And I'm obsessed with iguanas. I have been obsessed with green iguanas for quite some time now. And I have one. And yeah, I just kind of want to share some information on some of my favorite animals of all time. So dogs, iguanas, just everything. So... I'm going to share a little bit with you guys about 
iguanas as pets. So I'm gonna like I made a slideshow. I made a slideshow and um I'm just gonna read it because why not? So what are iguanas? So I'm not gonna read all of it because that would be a lot, but iguanas are a type of lizard, the green iguana or American iguana is the most common. They live in Mexico, the Caribbean, Brazil, and Central America. They are also in, they are considered an invasive species in California, Hawaii, and Florida, and they are also very common in both the pet trade and the food trade. Yes, people eat them. Their lifespan is 30 plus years in captivity. Um, they can get up to six feet in length, and most only reach about 8.8 pounds, although some males can reach 18 or more pounds. Like, that's a lot. And most people prefer to free roam their iguana, meaning they don't have a cage, which is what I do. Um, <laughs> most iguanas will, or most iguana owners will tell you don't get one. And that's because they can be very hard to tame down and some never do. And some owners, however, have very positive experience and will tell you they make excellent pet or pets. But others may tell you a mix of both that they can make excellent pets, but you shouldn't get one unless you do your research and have experience with other reptiles first. And I fall under that. Like, make sure you have reptile experience. They are not beginner pets. Just no. And they can't eat meat or insects. In fact, too much protein can and will kill them. It'll put them into, I think, kidney failure. So, yeah. And they need calcium with D3. Uh, which was the next slide. <laughs> um, but yeah, they need so much humidity. I have to spray him down at least twice a day. And kidney failure and metabolic bone disease are the most common health issues in iguanas. Um, and I rescued mine. He's amazing. I rescued him. He is from Florida where they, people are literally encouraged to go outside and kill them. So I rescued him from Florida. But, uh, yeah, that's, oh my God. Iguanas will tail whip. Their tail is a weapon. I swear. Their tails are weapons. They hurt so bad. Um, but tail whipping can cause major injuries. And a bite from an adult iguana can cause you to need stitches. So they are not family pets. And you, If you have young kids, do not get an iguana. Because they can, an adult iguana can bite your child's finger off. And not every vet is an exotic vet. There are vets who look at dogs and cats, but there are vets who look at reptiles, birds, rodents, and others. Um, these vets are called exotic vets. Not all exotic vets do look at reptiles, so please make sure if you do have a lizard uh, or any reptile, make sure to call and check before bringing your pet in for that. But, yeah. And if you ever realize that an iguana is not the pet for you, do not release it. Find somebody to take it. And before getting any exotic vet or pet, you need to make sure it's legal in your state or country. You would not want to pay a fine or serve possible jail time for owning an illegal animal. 
that would suck. But yeah, he's my child. This iguana is my child. But yeah. So I don't really know what else to talk about, but um, I'm, yeah. So I'm gonna maybe find something else to talk about. Um, oh my God, I know exactly what to talk about. So when I was, I I can't remember how old I was. I think I was almost 18. Um, I wrote the sequel to Wicked. And it's called Son of a Witch and it sucks. Um, it sucks. It's an awful musical. I'm thinking about rewriting it entirely. I like the songs. It's just kind of all over the place. But what can you expect? I was 18 and had no idea what I was doing. But I think probably my favorite thing about it <clears throat> was getting to, uh, I don't know, I think just getting to write something based off of my, one of my top three favorite musicals was amazing. And to get school credit for it was amazing. I'm, I, I think I'm gonna sing you the first verse, which is really simple, but <clears throat> just gotta clear my throat here. I found him lying in no need of a grave, found him breathing shallow. There he lie under the jackal moon, under the jackal moon. But yeah, that's just the first verse of the first song. Um, but yeah, I'm obsessed with it. I'm obsessed with so much of it. But yeah, musicals have saved my life. Um... Because, so basically, okay, I'm going to tell you how I got into musicals, I guess. So my stepmom, Patty, introduced me to Hamilton in December of 2015. From there, I became completely obsessed. For two years, I was, well, almost two years, I was obsessed with Hamilton. And then on my 17th birthday, I heard of Mandy Gonzalez. So... I see a video of Mandy singing Fearless on Lynn's Twitter page, right? And I fell in love with her voice. I looked her up. I followed her on every platform. And to my surprise, she followed me on the same day I heard of her on Instagram. Um, it was amazing. I... I was like, yes, yes, she followed me. And yeah, she actually um, spoke with me for two hours in February of 2018, asking, pretty much begging me to talk to my parents to get help because of my depression and my anxiety and everything. And I'm very grateful for her still. And then... 
in, I think, September of 2019, she called suicide prevention for me. And yeah, I'm very grateful for her. Just very grateful. And, you know, she said something to me that really changed my life. And I still try to remember this every time I get really, 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 really super depressed. And what that thing was that she said is the most fearless thing you can do is ask for help. And I think I want to give that advice to all of you who are listening the most fearless thing you can do is ask for help and it may be hard but it's worth it all right guys I think that's gonna be the end of this episode thank you guys so much for listening um please 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 try to donate I take your donations and I donate to the actors fund um animal shelters, homeless shelters, just all of these different places. And yeah, have a great day, you guys. I love you. Moi. Little boxes on the hillside. Little boxes made of ticky-tacky. Little boxes on the hillside. Little boxes all the same. There's a pink one and a green one. And a blue one and a yellow one. And they're all made out of ticky-tacky. And they all look just the same. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18-plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.